It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hi, welcome to Misdeeds and Intrigue. I'm your host, Larissa. And I'm your host, Carrie. We have so much to get to today. Well, let's get right into it. It's kind of scanning the Keep Sweet mm-hmm. documentary about FLDS. To me, FLDS is just one guy in his head one day says, fuck, I wish I could be a swinger, but that's frowned upon. <laughs> so I'm going to create this special leg of a religion that that God says it's okay to have more than one partner. And mm-hmm. we're just going to make it a thing. And I'm going to bang as many women as, as God is going to send me, right? Because this is, this is a thing now. It's very disappointing to me. Sorry. When I was 14 years old, they forced me to marry my cousin. I asked Warren, begged him, please don't make me get married. And he said, do you believe that you know better than the prophet? That if you're questioning me, you're questioning God. Warren Jeffs is the leader of a secretive religious cult called the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Known as FLDS. It's a far offshoot of the Mormon church and supports the practice of polygamy. The more wives, the more children you have, the higher in heaven you'll be. We were so scared, you know. We were going to be condemned to hell if we did anything different. You have to submit yourself. Because it was for our salvation. You did whatever it took, even if it was wrong. You just did it. I saw this picture of Warren kissing this girl. That's what I said. I'm done. I'm friends with Alyssa Wall, blonde. Oh, you are? Yeah, on Facebook. I had friend requested oh. her like ages ago. And I, because I had read book, but I first read his daughter's book, Rachel. Mm-hmm. I think Rachel Jeffs was her name. My name is Rachel Jeffs and I'm 32. My father is Warren Jeffs. My mom was Barbara Barlow. My mother married my father at the age of 17. She had struggles as a polygamous wife. She knew how father was and she struggled toward him. And so he equally didn't treat her well, especially as the years went on and he got so many ladies, younger ones. Mother didn't like that. It was hard on her. Was your mother aware that your father was sexually assaulting you? At one time, I told her. And then after that, father would always tell me to not tell her anything. At the age of 38, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She went through chemo and some radiation. But a few months after she was diagnosed, then father took all her kids away from her. He said she wasn't a good mom for them. Months later, when father finally let her go to where her children were, she was basically already dead. They had given her six weeks to live. I believe that she died much quicker because of her suffering over her children and not getting to see them the last few months of her life. Wait, Alyssa Wall was the... One that brought the whole thing down. Okay, because I haven't watched the rest of it. I only started it. I haven't watched it. 
So was she was she an original downstairs child? Was she Which one? A, Alyssa? Yeah. Was she did she have the mom who had to live downstairs? Yeah. And, okay, okay, okay. Really good example of part of what happens in a closed society and especially in a society like this. There's a level of detachment between the parents and the children. My father had 25 children. My mother had 14 children. We were his secret in the basement. He did not advertise to the world that he had a second family and he was gone a lot. And so my father, we did not interact and I certainly did not feel safe to go to him with my problems. I knew very well what was expected of me as an FLDS girl. And when I did have conversations with him, he told me that my salvation would be made sure and that it was such a great blessing. And I was my father's second daughter to marry the prophet. And after an exchange, of, and, and it's often seen where a daughter's given here, something's given back. And the third wife is a significant thing. I remember for years, my father wondered, was he faithful enough? Did he give enough money? He would talk to my mother about this, about getting that third wife. That was a significant thing because that opened the doors. Okay, so there was the couple that opens up, and I was very surprised. To be honest with you, I actually... The husband and wife, yeah. Alyssa Wall is the one that brought down the... That's what that exposed it. She was forcefully mm-hmm. married when she was 14 to her cousin, who she was very mean to her, and it was decided by Warren Jeffs. So Warren Jeffs ends up being accessory to basically sex trafficking and rape Mm. and she was brave enough to come forward and then that's what kind of exposed a lot of what was going on but those were her parents in the beginning that was not her mom her mother was the second wife yeah he was looking for more of a fundamentalist or a more stricter version but this is my thing like stricter version that's not stricter stricter version of religion is chaste piety not like oh, let's bring someone else into the marriage and I'll bang her. I mean, I just don't know how they can justify that as being, are they just, yeah. He's very intriguing. He was an inventor and he actually had contracts with NASA and Hmm. stuff. He was very, very smart. So I don't know. I don't know what really drove him. They didn't go super in depth in it, but he seemed, he seemed, or maybe he was searching for something to fulfill him. I don't- vagina. A different one than the one he had. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so bad about this. I know. And it was funny because at one point, and I let McKenna watch, and at one point she was laughing because he goes, So were you happy those 17 years? And he goes, For me, yeah. And then the wife goes, "Eh, We had some rocky years, two wives in the same house with like 20 kids. So Alyssa and her sister are both on there and they're both being interviewed. The parents actually came on because a lot of people won't yeah. come forward, talked about what led them there and then what got them excommunicated. So they are excommunicated now? They're excommunicated. He took away the wife and reassigned her somewhere else. Oh, that's so disgusting. Like she's a piece of, like she's cattle. Lloyd, at one time husband to three wives and father of 25 children, was once a member of a notorious polygamous religious sect. He says he still believes in the FLDS doctrine and what he calls plural marriage. Now, his daughter Rebecca's testimony was instrumental in putting FLDS leader Warren Jeffs behind bars for life after being convicted of two felony counts of child sexual assault. How do you feel now about the fact that you delivered not one but two daughters into the hands of his father, Rulon? I it, it pains me very badly. 
that that happened. You said, and I believe I'm quoting you verbatim, in fact, I was criticized for not turning my daughters in earlier. That's correct. You used the term turning my daughters in. That's correct. What happened? How does that, how's that okay with you? Let me, let me explain. First of all, my family and I were having a lot of fun together. My daughters did not want to get into marriage until they were ready to get into marriage. They, they would come to me and say, Father, I think I'm ready for marriage, turn me in. And uh, so Sharon's oldest daughter was like 23, and normally they marry around 18. Did you get your third wife because you turned in your second daughter? Not at all, not at all. When Lloyd threatened to sue Rebecca and her publisher, he met and did a two-hour interview with their attorneys. That meeting was recorded. I want you to listen to how you describe your daughters in this audio. Listen. I knew sooner or later I had a premonition that that was going to be his wife. That didn't have any effect on that, other than he knew that I had all these daughters, and that was an asset. I think there's still some of his children are in it. One of the brothers was on there. I said, my two wives and most of my family. But this is about the time things turned with Warren. This was the beginning of the end of my family. After they gave me the edict, I gathered my family together. They all started to cry. And they said, why? Why is this happening to us? We haven't done anything wrong. It absolutely shattered me. I, I can't even explain the pain. I just wanted to die. It's embarrassing to admit that I could be deceived so much. Warren deceived the people right from the start. Another one that was involved that was part mm -hmm. of it. And yeah. both of them were like, listen, I was raised in this. I didn't know any better because they cut them off from like secular. They don't even know. That's what they said. They kept them away from everyone. Yeah. TV, music. I mean, there was, they didn't even know kind of the outside world. It was brainwashing. They were both excommunicated. His, he excommunicated his own brother, took away his wives, took away his children. And he goes now like that I'm out. Like, and you, he was like tearing up. He's like, I lost my family and everything, but I didn't know any better, but now that I'm out, I see it was wrong. And then the, the other man that was excommunicated, he got excommunicated because he had said, I'm not going to let anybody marry my underage daughters. They'll have to come through me first. Yeah, that's He was good. very strong about that. So, and now that they're both out, I, it was very difficult for them to lose their families and their community and all that. But you could tell that both of them have processed. Mm -hmm. And now that they're out, they're like, no, this was really wrong. It wasn't like the other guy. They're happy to be out. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like the other guy who converted in and then brought his family in, which I think is a different, he made that conscious choice. Yeah. The other two were born into it. They didn't have that option. I, I mean, I need to watch the whole thing. So I'm going to get there. I swear to God. Um, I, you know, I think I, well, it's like other documentaries, like you have so much to say in the beginning, because they don't really get into the meat of it just yet. So you're like, Oh, my God, these people are Satan, these people. I didn't get that from them. I just was like, when he's like, yeah, it was pretty good. And she's like, we had some rocky times. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good for you because you got what you wanted. You're probably thinking one yeah. day, wouldn't it be great to have another 
pussy around the house? No, sorry. The other thing is, is I always feel that that many kids, someone gets left behind. There's got to be so much developmental. I mean, at some point, the older kids are just raising the younger ones because the adults, the parents don't have enough time. They're just trying to keep up. I also think it's like, oh, I love that new baby smell. I'm just going to have keep having babies so I can have that new baby smell. And then I'll just toss them off. Else do we know that loves that new baby smell? Uh, can you tell you say cucumber? Elaria Baldwin. Yeah, I think she's addicted. That situation is yeah. very concerning. He's He'll probably be dead by the time the baby is in high school. Anyway, well, I'm going to finish watching that. The only other thing I'm trying to find now is more info. This is really bizarre. Eastern Germany before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Vladimir Putin grew up in the aftermath of the Second World War. In 1945, the US, the UK and the Soviet Union met to shape the new world. Seven years on, he was born in what was then Leningrad and is now St. Petersburg. By the 70s, Putin had studied law and then joined the Russian secret service, the KGB. At this time, the Soviet Union's influence reached across the communist nations of Eastern Europe. And in the 80s, Putin was posted to Dresden in East Germany. From there, he witnessed the fall of the Berlin Wall, the fall of communism. This was a visceral example of people power. To Putin, though, the demise of the Soviet Union was the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the century. And while that demise was negotiated, Putin was heading home to find a place for himself in the new Russia. Russia's president in the 90s, Boris Yeltsin, would help him do that. He made Putin head of the security services. Then Putin was elected prime minister. Then, in 1999, Yeltsin resigned. Putin was president. Because, you know, there's all these things going on right now about mm-hmm. Ukraine history and Russian history. But I had no idea. I don't know. The Stasi and all that would keep all these files on people and find more info oh. on, like, the intrigue and spycraft and all that. August 13th, 1961, in Berlin. Images that shook the world. Over two million people had fled East Germany. The isolated country was nearing collapse. SED party heads were convinced shutting the border crossing to West Berlin would solve the problem once and for all. Two days in advance, Mielke had informed his closest associates of the planned measures. The Stasi's operation was given the code name ROSE. The minutes of the top secret meeting read, Today we enter a new phase of our Czechist work. Steps are being taken to end desertion from the Republic. Oh, see, that's a deep, dark hole to go down. For sure. You're going to find out way more than you want to find out. Putin's fascination and obsession with taking all of Ukraine will not end. This will go on for many, many years until he's got the whole fucking country. Excuse my language. He thinks he's Peter the Great. He thinks he's going to get that. And then what he's going to do is he's going to go to other countries where Russians have claimed citizenship, but they're having dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. Like he could easily go to Croatia and be like, oh, we have some Russian citizens there. We need to protect them. We're going to start bombing them. But he'd do that all around Europe and justify it in his mind. Yeah. Obviously, it's yeah. not oh, justifiable, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in his mind, it's justifiable. Oh, that man. And he didn't want them to join the NATO or EU. And all he did was push them more to, to joining now because the other countries are getting scared. Yeah, Finland and Norway and yeah, oh God, of course, everyone's going to be like, let's get on that 
EU gravy train. That was the only other thing I've been into. And it's, I was surprised I couldn't find a lot of info. I'm going to ask my brother about that too. He'll know. I was disappointed. Marlies contacted me and it was a big disappointment. The queen was not at Royal Ascot. And did you see that Princess Beatrice's horse went bananas and almost had a runaway carriage there? Uh, yeah, that was insane. And I would just been talking about the horses being drugged, which I think they were. I really think they were maybe. Yeah, because then that came up. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that was a little bit disappointing that she didn't make that. She never misses the Royal Ascot, but I think she was all tuckered out from her Jubilee. I also think that they decided once she got to the Jubilee, they, she was going to back off and let Charles start stepping up more. What do you think about Charles and William and their, do you think they're going to really try and get rid of Andrew? Yes. I think that they have been for a long time. I think you also have the added Charles is in almost a different generation than Andrew. So Mm -hmm. they're not really weren't raised as peers. They don't have that type of dynamic that Edward and Andrew and Andrew was the favorite and Charles is already kind of off to private school, boarding Mm -hmm. school. And, and I think William, I've been really impressed. I've been reading a lot of about William as of late because his 40th is coming up. Yeah. He really took a departure after their Caribbean trip, didn't vet his message through the palace and basically was because that tour kind of was perceived as being outdated and all that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we need to commend people that that want to take be a Republican, be on their own. We need to commend that. Yeah. I also found out that homelessness, like he's been volunteering for years at a homeless shelter and he actually went in there as a worker. Did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was years ago, though, right? That was when they just had one child, right? Yeah, that's they still have a relationship with them. That's his one of his big causes. William is realizing even more so, like the Queen's methods of never explain and all that was fine before social media. It's not the same time period. Exactly. To be honest with you, I don't even think she would have been the monarchy would have lasted. If she had been queen yeah. now, like if her, if it had started yeah. now with some of her methods, because you just don't have that. You have to be completely transparent or else someone's going to be transparent for you and have a video or soundbite or anything like that. I mean, they really have to watch where they step, which. And why are you relevant today? Why, why should we spend money on you for, to just be this yeah. figurehead? And I don't think Andrew gets that. I think he's very elitist, very, it's almost like what happened with the Tsarina of Russia when they got killed. She just thought there was like the divine right to rule. And who are you to question me? And I was chosen by God. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And Warren Jeffs and (laughs) yeah. Oh, I know. Crazy. Chill, darling. We have some very important news. Buckingham Palace has just announced that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. She was 96 years old. The Queen died just a few moments ago, the announcements at Balmoral. She was the longest reigning monarch in British history and the world's oldest head of state. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. (laughs) 
I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. me again and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at miss intrigue pod follow us on pinterest and flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty chronicles of interesting events in history and of course true crime lastly check out our youtube channel because everyone has one right that features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinion of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.